0: Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I wanna welcome you to our new series, Let's Talk Family. How many of you can relate to that? Uh, Different roles and different places we come from, but we do a lot of talking, but many times what we're saying is misunderstood, and we're wondering how we ended up in this place. I wanna say thank you to Matt, Uh, He is and his beautiful wife as well. He's funny in real life for any of you that know him. He may be in the commons ready to greet you, but uh, what a great picture of the fact that we're talking about this thing called family, but we need a little bit of help. I wanna welcome those that are live streaming with us in McKinney and watching by video and watching online. Would you guys join me in celebrating those that are joining in with us today? We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about family and I know that it's a, a topic that you're talking about and it's something you're concerned about. Um, if you have your Bibles I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. I have some notes for you. I'm going to put some things on the screen as well. Ephesians chapter 5 is really an Anchor place in scripture if we're going to talk about family in this first week we want to get started by making sure we're discussing the same thing and so we're going to look there in Ephesians 5 at a few passages I do want to celebrate with you a little bit. As I tell you all the time, I'm so honored to be your pastor. I'm so proud of you. Um, I just believe you are some of the greatest people on the planet, so I wanna celebrate Easter with you, one of the biggest weeks of the year. We had more people attend Easter services than we ever have in the history of Milestone Church. You brought your friends you moved services which really helped us during the optimal service times, and so you gave up seats. We had more people in other services than ever before, so thank you for doing that. And I have some great things to report because for the first time I actually put out a survey that I asked everyone to fill out. And we had thousands of people who checked and said that I have a real relationship with Jesus, and so that's exciting, but we also had eight people who checked the box to say, I never intend on making that decision. I'm so thankful that we have a church where those people feel welcome and they'll be honest and transparent enough to even tell us that that's where they're at and we're praying for you. I'm really excited about this next number. We had 292 people that checked that they're interested in a relationship with Jesus, but they would like to consider it a bit more first. So if you're in that category, then I would like to invite you to Discovery 101 to hear a little bit more about it, maybe jump into our growth track. We're glad that you're part of our services at both campuses and we're we're just so glad that you feel safe and you're in a place where you can investigate the things of God. But I'm really really fired up about this next number because every number represents a life. And I talked about having a turnaround in your story, and I talked about the power of the cross, and the power of the resurrection on Easter weekend, and you loved your friends, and you were authentic like you always are, and you made people feel welcome. And so in that atmosphere, we had 446 people who checked. I prayed with you, Pastor Jeff, to begin a real relationship. Yeah, it's a great place to clap because heaven is celebrating over every single one of those people. So it is an exciting, exciting time in the life of Milestone and Easter week was awesome and, and thank God for his grace in the lives of people. I do want to also tell you this week as we come into Saturday, we are moving together as a church towards something that is always a big initiative and so we call ourselves an everyone church and so I wanna encourage you If you haven't had the opportunity to sign up at both campuses in the commons and of course online, you can jump in with us for our biggest mobilization uh, project of the year. Last year we had hundreds and hundreds of people that went into our communities and went out to make an impact in the lives of other people. And so I wanna encourage you Again, we're in everyone church. This is a place for everyone, children. I'll have my family involved, I'll be there. We'll all gather here for a little moment to connect and then we'll just go out and have an awesome, awesome day. And uh, what a powerful thing it is for the church to gather, but it's a really powerful thing as well as we are the church as we go out into our community to make a difference. And there's a place for everyone. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of skills, okay? Even if you're like me and you, you're like, you, you got a little toolbox and you don't know what to do with the tools, okay? We still have a place for you, okay? You can work a sign-up table, you can, you can stack brush, you can help people, you can reach out to the elderly. We have hundreds and hundreds of opportunities for you to be able to serve. So I wanna encourage you to come and be a part of this special day. We're kicking off this series for the next few weeks and it's called Let's Talk About This Thing called Family. And the fact is, I know you're talking about it. For years I've done these series and, and I come, I'll be really honest with you, I, I come to another moment where I'm gonna talk to you again about this topic and a lot of times I'm like, man, it's like we've done a lot of these series, we've, we've hit on this and it's an important thing and the Bible makes it an important thing and yet I sometimes think, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna hit this again. And, and every time I do, I'm reminded of all the conversations I have all year as a pastor. And, and what you're talking about is is this. We know that you need help in it because it's the most downloaded content on our website. It's the number one thing you go to and you consume. It's what you're talking about. Now our culture's talking about all kinds of things related to it. and. Our world is always talking about why are we having so many breakdowns and teachers are discussing what, what's going on with our children and we're looking for safety and we're looking for protection and, and, and if you ever have a problem in this area, let me tell you, you're talking about it. It's what you call your friend and say, hey, this is going on. It's what you talk about at work and it's an area of our life that it, we care about deeply and it's something we're always discussing and sometimes we're discussing it in our own minds. So so we're talking about family and and we're going to look at it from several different angles. We're going to talk about some priorities that you need to have if you're thinking about getting married and you're looking forward to this relationship. We're going to talk to those of you that are married. We're going to talk to those of you, and I know this, as I paint a standard this weekend to start this, I know many of you are far from that picture and you have pain in this area, I know that. We're gonna talk about it in terms of raising children and raising teenagers, and we're gonna have a little bit of a discussion format, and I'm gonna invite some people up to the stage with us to discuss together, and I'm gonna have my wife kind of chime in and get some of the input. She'll really give you the best content that you'll actually get throughout the series, and uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it, okay? We're, we're, I'm having the discussion with you, and we're discussing this area of our life that's very, very important, but I thought if we're gonna do so much talking about it, we might wanna see what God talked about. We might wanna start our discussion with the one who created the family. We might wanna start our discussion by saying, God, we're talking about it. We wanna know what you're saying about it. And so in Ephesians five is a great anchor place. I'd like to get us started just a little bit, and then we're gonna look a little bit deeper. But right here in Ephesians five, we see here, follow God's example. We're gonna come back to that in a minute because that's gonna be my thesis this first week, is we're gonna talk about the example or the picture that God's painting. Follow God's example. So he's saying, if you're talking about family and you're trying to do this family thing, then I have an example for you. I have a pattern. I have a discussion sheet, okay? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. Look at this, here's Jesus' example. Walk in this way, this way of love, know that you're his child, By the way, it's very hard to build a godly family if you don't first find yourself in the family of God as his children. When you find yourself in his family, you then now possess what it takes to build his family here on earth. So you see yourself as this dearly loved child, then you walk in the way of love and look at Christ's example, Jesus' example, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. If you and I sat down, this has happened multiple, multiple times, whether I'm leading a small group or I'm just meeting people in the community, if you and I sat down and we were talking together, I know this topic, family, is probably going to come up. Because you got some pains and you got some challenges and you got some things you're working on and we're all in progress. And you say, Pastor Jeff, if I sat down with you and we were talking about my family and my future and we were discussing it, like, what do you do? Is there like a special pastoral move? Do you know like pastoral ninja tricks on the family thing? Do you, do you got like some inside scoop? Like what they teach you in school, you know? What they teach you in seminary? Like, what's your move, Pastor? What are you really trying to do? Well, let, me, let me tell you, simply put, the first place I'm going to start is I'm going to start asking you questions to discern whether or not you know Jesus' pattern for what, the way he builds the family. I'm going to try to determine where are you at with Jesus? Do you know that Jesus... For you? Do you have a real relationship with Jesus? Are you submitted to Jesus? Are you surrendered to Jesus? Is he more than just your Savior and your ticket out of this thing and into heaven? Or is he your Lord of Lords? Is he your King of Kings? Because I know this when you get that position, you now possess the way Jesus lived relationally. You now have the power through the person of Jesus to do all of these things we're gonna talk about today. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to determine, where are you at with Jesus? Some of you that are new, you're like, what's Milestone about? We're, we're about Jesus. We believe it all ends, it all begins, it's all held together in Jesus. The family and the home is held together by Jesus Christ. And without him, you're, you're operating from a deficiency. You, you, don't, you don't have, so, so the discussion is where I would start, is I would say, Do you know Jesus? Are you submitted to Jesus? Is he working within your heart and life? Because that's the starting place. So I'm gonna begin to ask questions and I'm gonna ask your perspective. I'm gonna try to help lead you more than some techniques on family, I'm gonna try to lead you to a submitted relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's the starting place for how family works. I'm gonna start there. Then we're gonna start talking about God's example. We're gonna start talking about God's example because here's what I find in life. You, you move toward the picture. Let's think about it this way because there's metaphors in the Bible for family. There's the building of the family and there's different picture. But, but really, there's, there's this picture that Paul is painting here in the book of Ephesians. He's, he's moving as he starts here with us saying, look, I'm gonna talk to you about God's example and he starts painting a picture of what it looks like. Now pictures have changed a lot in our generation. This will show some of your age if you actually remember this, but pictures have changed a lot. Come on now, some of you that are laughing, you're old. (laughs) There are people that will hear this message who have no idea what a roll of film is. How many of y'all remember when you had to put that film in the camera and you take some photos with the film? And you know, you don't know if you got a good picture because you got to use the rest of the film. Are you with me? Then you got to drop the film off, and then we got one hour photo, and then you get the photos back, and you find out you're a horrible photographer because your finger was in front of the lens the whole time. Everyone had red alien eyes, and you didn't know that. It wasn't like instant photo, okay? Some of you church folks will remember when Olin Mills came to the church and your mom got you all dude up for the church directory. Come on now. We get in that church directory, brother. We're powerful in that church directory. Olin Mills, come on. You went down to Sears. You went down to JCPenney, man. You went down there and waited in line to get those photos. Y'all know what I'm saying? They'd pull that big deal down, put a little backdrop, have a little fall scene. There you were. Get your photo. Not so much today. We got instant photos. We got digital, y'all know, so we can brush it up. Y'all know, we can kind of put the filter on it. We can adjust those pictures along the way. Well, we're discussing family, and I want you to see this passage of scripture that I'm about to read. Here's how I want you to see it. I want you to see it as a picture. It's a, it's a picture that you're moving toward. It's, it's, it's an image because we move toward the picture that we have. If you wanna discuss family, and we're gonna look at all aspects of it, we need to first start with a foundation of, okay, where are we trying to go? No matter where we're at in the journey, where are we actually trying to go? Well, down here in chapter five, we see a very clear picture. It says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become, this is powerful, the two become one flesh. Now, if you notice on the screens, I've highlighted the quotation marks. You're like, why did you do that? I highlighted the quotation marks so you don't just think, well, I just randomly went to the Bible because I'm trying to convince you of the picture, though there's a lot of different versions today. And you think, well, I just kind of just pulled and plucked something out of the Bible to reinforce what I already believe. No, if we're gonna go to God, we're gonna go to His picture, if we're going to build family His way, if we're gonna look at it from His perspective, then we have to go to a consistent scriptural pattern that is, listen to me, crystal clear. Crystal clear. Why did I put the quotations? Because Paul is quoting Jesus. Jesus from Matthew 19 said this. And then Jesus is building on Genesis 2. So the beginning of the Bible, Jesus and the apostle Paul says, wait a minute, here's the picture. Man leaves home woman leaves home, husband, wife become one flesh. And that's covenantal language that we'll talk about in just a minute, where they literally have not just a practical union, not just a legal union, but they have a supernatural union ordained by God. That's the picture. And look what it says here. As that picture comes to being, it says, it's a profound mystery some of you are like, wow, that's just out there. We're gonna like become one. Yeah, it's a profound mystery, Paul says. He says, I'm talking about Christ and the church. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, different picture. Are we talking about Jesus and the way he relates to us and the church relating to Jesus? Are we talking about marriage? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about that. All of that. So what he's saying is that the way we love our spouse even has influence on the way people see Jesus and the way we see Jesus relate to us impacts how we relate to our spouse. This is a big deal. And he says this is a profound mystery, why? Because it's just like wow, it takes some kind of out of the normal, out of the ordinary kind of influence for this thing to become what he's designed it to be. It says, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. So there's this picture of the greatest need of the wife to be cherished and to be loved in a Jesus kind of way. And then it says, wives, what, what you do to build this union, one of the areas and one of the instructions here is she must respect her husband. So the way I speak about my husband, the way I I relate to my husband and the way the husband loves me and the way we do this, it it shows a picture, it shows a picture. The theme and the thesis that we see here is when we talk about family, I believe this, every person that is moving in this direction, and we all are, because we're all part of a family. We're all in different places and different roles, but we're all moving toward a picture. We talk about family, we move toward the picture we have in our minds. And that's why it's so critical to know God's picture. That's why it's so critical. Can I ask you today, maybe those of you watching by video, what's your picture? What's your picture? Because I find that a lot of people start this family thing and, and we've gleaned pictures from different places. I find the most common place that we get our picture is from our own natural homes. So, so, so we tend to treat our wives like our dads treated their wives. We, tr- we tend to treat our husbands like our moms treated their husbands. We tend to treat our children like we were treated as children. And a lot of times, again, we're, we're, we're trying sometimes to break some of the things that we saw there. We're trying to reinforce some of the good things. But a lot of times, because that's the example that we've seen, We repeat that because we do what we know. It's the only picture we know, so we we start moving toward that picture without even realizing it. So so a lot of times, and no matter how good or how challenged your family, all families have challenges and have trouble and have problems, and, and that's why Paul exhorts us, don't necessarily move totally toward the example even of your natural family, even if you had a great one. Move toward God's picture. Move towards God's picture. So, so so many people are moving toward this natural family idea, and some people are just saying, look, my goal for my picture is just to be better than what they had. May not be a high enough lofty goal. Sometimes our picture's a little fuzzy. And years and years of working with people, here's the picture I think a lot of people have, is, is their, their idea is, I just... I just believe we're in love and I feel good about it. I, I feel confident about it and I don't have a lot of equipping and I haven't put a lot of investment in it. I don't really know what to do, but, but I just believe it's all gonna be good. And, and so we build a picture based on hope. Thank God there's hope in Jesus. But without Jesus, you know what happens? That picture that we just hope looks good. Hope is a terrible strategy. It's a great booster of encouragement, but it's a terrible strategy. So a lot of people just say, look, I'm just gonna get married and I just hope we end up in love, whatever love is. And they move toward this fuzzy picture that doesn't have a lot of parameters to it, doesn't have a lot of definition to it, doesn't have a lot of principles that I can grab a hold of. And so there's this vague general hope. Probably the most common picture today is a cultural picture. It's a cultural picture, it's a picture that we get from Hollywood, it's a picture we've picked up along the way, and, and so many people wanna speak into this picture, and they wanna just say, hey, this is it, and this can be, and so we have sort of this, this amalgamation of well-intended people with ideas about it, and, and, and yet it's a, it's a cultural picture, it's not a biblical picture. Can I, can I give you, no matter where you're at in your family, Can I encourage you with something? Here's a great picture. A great picture is we're gonna follow God's example. We're gonna set his pattern in front of us and we're gonna grow more in love and we're gonna overcome offenses and we're gonna overcome the challenges and we're not just gonna survive. We can thrive in this thing called family if we do it God's way. Oh, we're gonna have some bumps along the way. We're gonna have some troubles, and some of you even listening to me, you're like, man, that just, I don't, that just, wow, wow. Love this person like I love myself. Let Jesus influence me and me respect. I mean, whoa, whoa, that just is out there, Pastor. Let's let's hold up God's example, and let's believe that it can get better and better and better along the way. That there's hope for this thing, no matter what culture says. And, and again, I, I, I myself am passionate about this because guess what? You're not gonna hear about this picture unless you find a place where someone is convicted and convinced that the Word of God is still true today. Some people say, that's antiquated, that's like a roll of film. No, 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 no. Shouldn't things progress, Pastor? Shouldn't things kinda move past the, the finger in front of the deal and the little thing, we gotta have somebody develop the photos? Well, I'm gonna tell you, there's certain things in life that don't progress toward a different pattern because they're true because of God's biblical principles. And so I still believe, I know I'm old school I believe in the biblical pattern. I believe that God has a plan for your marriage and your family and your children. And I believe there can be an atmosphere where you can grow old and love one another and serve one another and be alive in your marriage and your children can love Jesus and they can go from your home to reproduce a legacy of a spiritual inheritance. I believe it can happen for you no matter where you're at today, no matter where you're at. Speaking of pictures, I'll show you some of my pictures. Here's where it all began for me. Interestingly enough, in Ephesians 5 there, what we just read, at 16 years old, my pastor asked me, I was being discipled by him, and he asked me, he said, Jeff, I want you to preach on Sunday night. I started looking through the Bible, man, what am I going to preach on? I'd never preached. My first sermon, I have it written, I have it in a folder in my desk, first sermon that I ever preached. And I, I just began to look and I just began to think about this passage I preached out of Ephesians 5. I got up as a 16-year-old. A lot of these people, they, they walked with Paul on the earth that I was preaching to. They were, they were there. I mean, they, 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 were, they were with the original apostles, you know. And so I'm 16 and I preach on this passage. And it became more than just a passage later because I met this beautiful girl named Brandy, and this year will be 23 years. Look at that brother. If he had hair like that, I don't know, he'd be lifted in pride, that's why God had to take it from me. I mean, I'd just, it'd just be too much to handle. I mean, just look at him. God took it from me, my thorn in the flesh. We started off on our journey, and about the time we started kind of figuring some things out, in this marriage thing, along came these kids. This is a picture of my two oldest right there. The girl there kissing the thir- 13 months apart. In the, we had two 13 months apart. Somebody say, man, we're glad you made it. Y'all know what I'm saying? And, and in this picture, it looks real sweet. You're like, oh, I heard you do the aw. Oh. The fact is, in this picture, they scream the whole time before the picture. Ah! then all of a sudden there's a little, little special moment, then they went back to screaming. <laughs> and this is a picture from last weekend. This is a picture from last weekend. We've added two more and they're getting older and guess what, in a few years possibly, there's gonna be other people added to the picture In a few years there'll be some grandkids and they'll be, so why are you showing me this, Pastor? Not, not just to highlight my story and my picture. You know the fact is, We've had to overcome things. We have to have family meetings. We've had to discuss things. We've had real moments. We're not perfect. We've worked through it, but if I could offer something to you. As a 16 year old, I stood up in my home church and I preached on Ephesians five. And they said, who are you to talk about this? You're 16, you don't even know what you're talking about. But from 16 years old, I wasn't preaching about my experience. I was preaching about the biblical picture. And so we've had a lot of challenges and we've gone through hurts and heartaches and pains and we've been in ministry the whole time. So we've had ups and downs and we've sold everything and we've planted churches and we've had trouble and circumstances. But, but what I will tell you is the greatest thing we've had is my pictures have changed and they'll keep changing. They'll keep changing, hair loss. Went from a six pack to a keg, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it happens. It changes. But if I could offer one word of wisdom, follow God's example, and keep moving toward his picture as you journey through it. We've always had a picture that said, God, we wanna do it your way. And that's not up for debate. That's not up for debate. Your picture is the standard. You say, pastor, okay, look, all right, you gotta tell me a little bit about what he's really saying here. And then we gotta set some ground rules. Here's how we're seeing this family thing. And so I'd like to walk you through a few things along the way. How do we move toward God's picture? In fact, I tell you, it's amazing how our picture just moves very fast through our lives. This week I did a funeral for my dad's only brother. I have a family cemetery in Northeast Texas where now I'm getting older and I stood at that cemetery and I can look down a row of graves where I've officiated the funeral of multiple, my great aunt and uncle and my grandmother and my, uh, my, my cousins who died early. I, I look down that and when we're doing the funeral, the, the now, now in, in the viewing time and sometimes during the service, there's slideshows and so you stand around in there and you're looking at the slideshows and you're looking at how fast life moves. My message was out of James four that life is a vapor. The fact is our picture's changing and it's changing fast. And we're moving through this thing really fast and at the end of it all, what is the picture that we're gonna live for? Well, I wanna give you some principles that may seem a little bit stretching to you, but if you'll hold them up and keep taking steps toward them, they're very powerful. The first thing is we think covenant. We have to think covenant. In a wedding ceremony, the officiated many of them. There's all the pregame. There's all the cake buying. There's all the say yes to the dress. There's all the activity. There's thousands of dollars. I have three girls. Somebody pray for the preacher. Y'all know what I'm saying. There's all this wedding stuff. There's all these wedding things. There's all the hubbub. But everybody's waiting for this moment. They're waiting for the moment, no matter how much hype. There has to be someone get you to this moment. And in that wedding ceremony, you'll say, do you have the ring? And the best man looks at you like you're crazy. Did you lose the ring? Okay, no, we got the ring. And I hold the ring up and say, this ring is made of precious metal because the decision you're about to make is very precious. It's never ending and it's in a circle because it speaks of the continuousness of this commitment. And so, In that moment, place that ring on the third finger of her left hand and repeat after me and words that say covenantal language, my commitment to you in sickness and in health and whatever we face, my commitment to you. And the final thing I say is by the authority vested in me, by the laws of the state of Texas, but more importantly, I've said since the very first wedding, under God, As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, under God, you now make this commitment. So this commitment is not just some kind of transactional activity, you are making a covenant before God. And then I say, what the man's been waiting for, you may kiss your bride, come on, somebody. But there's a difference in a covenant and a contract. A contract is something that you're looking out for your own self-interest. And you're looking for the other person's performance in relationship to about that. A contract is about self-preservation. But a covenant is a commitment before God. You say, Pastor, why is that so important? Because it's challenging. Because it's tough. There's difficulties, there's hurdles. And, and yet, when I have a covenantal mindset, no, God has joined me together. This is a union before God. Here's what I say. I say this, I'm stewarding this before God. I'm, I'm looking at God's picture, not even the picture of where this person is at this moment. God, I'm stewarding this relationship for you. And I would encourage some of you. I text a guy this morning who's having challenges in his marriage. I said, text her and tell her, I'm never leaving you. I'll always be with you. You are my perfect wife. I love you. I tell my wife that all the time. You're the best woman for me. I'm going nowhere. I'm here. You know what that does? Security. Security, covenant, not contract. Here's the second thing. We we live a life of sacrifice. Did you see what Paul said this example is? We embrace some sacrifice. By the way, contracts, the whole thing of a contract is you're trying to figure out if you have to break it, what's the best way to break it and have the least amount of damage? Anybody been in one of those gym contracts? (laughs) Like, do we have to have a vote from Congress to get out of this? I'm sorry, sir, we cannot take this off the records. There's a very encrypted language of this. You gotta go get your own envelope and stamp, you know, the snail mail. I mean, you gotta figure out how to get out of this thing, okay? But, but look, if it's a covenant before God, then Jesus went first. So see, see, sacrifice is something that's totally other, and that is, I'm not waiting for your performance I'm going first to initiate what I know you need. You're different than me. You receive love different than me. So I'm embracing that because I'm in a covenant before God, I now lead out in this scenario. This this will help you just in your regular relationships, by the way. Say, Pastor Jeff, how do you have a lot of friends? Be a good reciprocator. Say, what does that mean? Just if there's anything comes your way, try to always outgive the other person just a principle. Good relational people know how to reciprocate. Oh man, how can I help you? Oh, thank you for that. Oh, hey man, there's something coming your way too. And there's a reciprocation of affirmation and words and love and reciprocation in marriage, by the way, it's baseline. It's baseline. Just be a good reciprocator and you can get a little momentum. But let me tell you the difference in God's pattern and what we see from Jesus. Jesus came our way when there was nothing to reciprocate from. There was nothing to go, well, you guys did this, so now I'm gonna come your direction and sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross for us when we had nothing to give. So we embrace a lifestyle of saying, how can I go first to meet your needs and to come and think about your needs and serve you? I gotta tell you, I've gotten better at this as I've lived through marriage. My wife, is. She's, she's awesome, she's, she's a great person to be married to, and along the way with all the stuff I have going, I, I, I've, I, there were times where I just, I did not put her at the first, first place all the time. I'm being transparent with you, not because I didn't love her or I didn't reciprocate with her, but I didn't always go first. And I've been growing in that. I've been asking for leaders around me to help me with that. And I have a, I have a whole life plan where I try to get a bucket to try to help me think and, and process that. And she loves alone time with me. So she wants me to leave my phone. And so I prioritize that. She loves to go away with me. And so recently I'm like, look, you don't have to push on that. This is another level of saying, I'm taking the lead. I'm taking the first. She wants to go away. She loves for me to take her on a trip, do something. Look, within 30 to 45 days of our last trip, I'll have the next one planned and it'll be on the calendar. Whoo, Jeff, wait a minute, you're thinking about me. Now, again, I'm not telling you that I've been great at this, I'm growing in it, but I'd like all of you to superimpose that into your world to say, how can I go first? How can I go first? It'll change the dynamic of your relationship. Here's the next and final thing, we prioritize being intimate. Some of y'all think that's the church word for sex and it's the first time that the men have actually paid attention in the entire message. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. Intimacy is much deeper than that physical act, though that is included in the connection that God brings in the confines of holy marriage. Intimacy is what we all long for. In fact, I saw a statistic that says that 99% of spouses actually do deeply care for one another. But 82% of unhappy marriages have another person that they don't even realize that this person is unhappy. Let me give you another thing if we sat down and we were talking about your marriage or your future marriage. This would happen with any counselor or any pastor. If, if they are a biblical counselor or a biblical pastor or a small group leader, if they're in any way framing God's picture, they're gonna talk to you about Jesus. You know what the second thing that's gonna come up, 75%, 80%, whatever the statistic is? Communication. So they're gonna start talking about how you communicate. You don't have to be around people very long to see where their intimacy level is based on their communication. And so they're gonna start talking about communication. But communication alone is more than talking. Talking, everyone's talking. By the way, everyone's communicating at some level, but very few connect. And I wanna tell you, if you have intimacy with your spouse, meaning you're connected at a heart level, where you're sacrificing, you're serving, you're giving words of affirmation, you're loving them the way they wanna be loved, guess what, if you're at a heart level, then guess what? A lot of times, even the communication breakdowns are overcome because of the level of connection. Here's a few phrases that you can use in your connection level. Here's the first one, I'm sorry. One of the biggest breakdowns right now, if you're in a struggle, maybe you're watching by video, you're in a struggle in your marriage, there's hurt. There's pain. We hurt each other. In family, we mess up, we say the wrong thing. We we have expectations that we have built in our mind and when those aren't met, Oh, it's very difficult. So I'm sorry needs to be a regular part of how we love each other. I'm sorry, I missed that. What, is that what you meant? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgive you. I forgive you, go first. I forgive you, I need to ask your forgiveness. Just that could heal a lot of your circumstances. Did you know what, with your teenager, Mm -hmm. look, I wanna ask your forgiveness. I wanna tell you, I'm sorry. I wanna, maybe I was a little harsh with this. Maybe this happened. Look, step down from your place of position like Jesus did. Get lower. I need to ask your forgiveness. Builds connection, it builds intimacy. You're my priority. I'm gonna make time for you. You're very important to me. What's going on? I'm here. I'm listening. That's big. I'm here, I'm listening. Nothing else in the world is more important than you right now, what do you wanna talk about? I love you, I'm here right now. Me, you, keyed in, what do you wanna talk about? My wife loves this, we take a date lunch every week. It's her favorite thing. Leave my phone in the car, talk to me, honey. What do you wanna talk about? She talks about all kinds of things. She talks about politics. She talks about all kinds of stuff. She talks about what she saw over here, this, that, whatever, and the kids. Jeff, I don't want anything about this, and the kids, and this, and she's, and so in that moment, what I'm saying is, I'm here, you and me, you're building intimacy. You're building intimacy along the way. I've been talking about this baptism before I pray for it. I've been talking about this baptism a few weeks ago because it was big in my family and I baptized my daughter. And then I told you on Easter that I had this big moment with one of the teenagers uh, where I got really emotional. But did you know there was another guy that I baptized, a, a husband and wife, and he sent me an email And I thought it was really applicable to this first week where we talk about family. Where he said, I kept hearing you Pastor Jeff talk about getting in the growth track and getting in a small group and taking spiritual steps. And he said, "Uh, I just started taking them. And so he took a spiritual step. He committed to Christ. He came to the growth track, went to 101, 201, 301. He started getting in a small group. In his small group, he was talking about that. He was getting water baptized that weekend. I baptized him. And in his email, he said, here's what I didn't understand. It has changed the dynamic of my marriage. It has changed the dynamic of my relationship with my children. He said, I thought you were just talking about this like it's like a religious set of things that we need to do to be a good Christian. What I didn't know is that as I have gotten closer to Jesus and I've been willing to take steps with Jesus, it's affected the things I care about the most. So I wanna tell you that is true. And it doesn't matter. I know some of you are like, man, that picture has seemed so far out there. First of all, get the right picture. And second of all, don't get discouraged. Start walking toward it. Don't change the picture. Start taking one step at a time toward what God's plan is and watch him show up and do a profound mystery. He will do it. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. Some of you right now are listening. You say, I'm not surrendered to Jesus. I've been trying to do this thing on my own. Well, that's where you start. You start by saying, I'm surrendered to you, Jesus. I'm gonna ask no one to move around unless it's an emergency for just a minute. I'm gonna ask you right now, you may be watching my video and you say, I need to surrender to Jesus. Well, you can. You just say, Jesus, here I am, I surrender. I surrender, you died for me, you rose from the dead. Come into my life and become my Jesus, a real relationship, I submit myself to you. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to come to 101 or let someone know so we can help you take steps. I wanna pray for a second group of people though. I wanna pray if you say, Jeff, I've had a distorted picture, a fuzzy picture. I've had no picture at all. I've I've embraced a cultural picture, but I wanna embrace God's picture for family. And God, I ask you now that you would by your spirit, it's only words unless you by your spirit bring truth into the hearts of your people. Lord, I know your heart is to see restoration and redemption and life in this area in people's lives. And I pray you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com.